Welcome to the Content Podcast, Conversations with Silicon Valley's Creatives. I'm Daniel Garcia, your host and the cultivator of Content Magazine, published by SV Creates. Hey, Daniel, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Brad? Today we talk with Brad Sanzenbacher. He's a writer, folk lyricist, and a contributing writer to Content Magazine. Cool. As we get started, can you do me a favor? Can you just kind of say who you are and all the various things that you do? All right. My name is Brad Sanzenbacher. I am a freelance writer for Content Magazine. I'm also a public relations professional at Reich in downtown San Jose. Uh, I'm a folk musician, a weird post-apocalyptic poet, and uh, I do all kinds of creative writing. Yeah. Cool. How many books actually have you put out? Is it two? (laughs) Just one. I've just put out one book called uh, I've Been Semi-Retired Since the Day I Was Born, which I self-published. And it was just sort of a just kind of a little a little fun project. I just kind of wanted to see if I could do it, you know? Yeah, actually, I I thought you had another one, but I did really enjoy that one. I think I told you this before. It was I thought it was like a much better book than On the Road. You know? Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I just really, I really enjoyed it, especially because you had the aspect of music with it, and I felt like you were telling more of a story and a journey with a little bit more purpose than um, that famous one by Kerouac, which just seemed <laughs> stupid and repetitive, and and I, I really, yeah. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, my guilty confession is I've never finished on the road. I think I've started it three times, and I've never made it more than maybe 20 pages in um not for any reason other than i just sort of put it down and didn't pick it back up oh well but, I have to... um, but i know what you mean by the repetitive nature and it's it's kind of it is not an easy book to read i don't think yeah it's kind of uh yeah it's interesting because i got i would say probably three-fourths of the way through and i was like yeah. okay this is it i'm i'm tired of these characters <laughs> <laughs> wow you made it three-fourths of the way through and then yeah. got tired of them that's like the point where you should be invested in them but well, no, I, uh, it was probably more at half I was tired, and then that okay. extra quarter was like, no, I'm going to stick it out because I've never read this. <laughs> and then I was like, no, screw it. This is not worth my time. That's like me and Dickens. I Every few years, I think I'm going to read Dickens, and uh, it. I think I've made it, maybe made it halfway through yeah. Oliver Twist or something, but no, I, I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what inspired you to write the book? That's a good question. I am a, you know, I just love to write and I love um, personal essays. I think that's just a a really great and liberating format. Um, And I, you know, I just started writing these little like three paragraph, 600 word blurbs about my life that just turned into 10 page little blurbs about my life. And Um, my wife was also did a accelerator program in Austin, Texas. And so she was gone the entire summer of, uh, 2018. So she was gone basically from the beginning of June until end of August. And I just didn't have a lot going on. So it just gave me a project to come home and, uh, and work on. Uh, so it was kind of a fun way to kill some time and tell a story about, my um, sort of half-hearted attempts to become a folk singer. When I was 22 years old, I decided I wanted to be the next Bob Dylan. And uh, just, uh, you know, I never played an instrument in my life. So it was all about how do you go from scratch to trying to be the next Bob Dylan um, while also being broke and (laughs) um, not necessarily having the innate talent to be the next Bob Dylan. 
um, but meeting some strange characters along the way, you know. Yeah, I love the stories where you're you're going up on stage where you haven't really played before, and you know, it's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's fun, and I think it resonated with other people I know that are are kind of like I am. You know, we're we're folk singers at heart, but we also have day jobs, and um, for um, either lack of maybe not necessarily lack of talent but just lack of really putting the full effort into making it as a professional musician um always sort of dream about that but yeah the first few times you go on stage are really terrifying and there are people who are lucky enough to be delusional to have no idea how bad they are (laughs) which uh, if you if you're able to get that gene in you then you're lucky because you'll keep getting up and doing it again and again yeah. Um, but when I see videos of myself on stage back then, I'm just mortified. I'm like, how come no one told me how terrible I was? Because they should have. Well, they now though, because I saw right then. I saw you at our boutique at the the book launch, and your set was <laughs> was great. And so, how long has it been? Would you say since you first pick up the guitar to like that set that you did? Um, I think that was in 2018 when I did that. So yeah, it would have been, I would have been playing guitar for like 11 years at that point, playing guitar and singing. So yeah, by then, yeah. I mean, in that point you're seeing a much more polished version of me than you would have seen back then. Um, so bless the hearts of all those like little old ladies at open mics, um, that would sit there in the coffee shop and listen and say, Oh, you know, I love your music. It's so great. Cause it was, they were being very much more generous than I realized they were being at the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> keep with it, you know, keep with it. That's what you always get. Keep with it, yeah. which is a polite, a polite way of saying you're going to get better, but uh, you're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so then what would you say? So, I mean, so you wrote your memoirs, wrote a book, you no. write songs and then, um, then with work, you do a lot of writing too, right? I imagine. Yeah. 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 So I'm a public relations professional. Uh, I do quite a bit of, I mean, I write all day. It's just a matter of what I'm writing. Uh, I write for a lot of, um, technology publications. Uh, things I've written have been in Forbes. Things I've written have been in entrepreneur, um, really all over the place. You know, we get a lot of requests to, um, some articles from publications all over the world. So I get to develop that content, um, which is, it's, it's all writing and I love it. It's just a different muscle. You know, it's more, how do I not be my weird self as Brad, the creative writer and be more of a polished kind of Brad, the corporate writer. Yeah. Yeah. Now what was it? Uh, how did you get into that? And to be, was, was writing kind of, something that was always there for you or is that kind of evolved? Yeah. I mean, I think I was really interested in writing from a young age, although I don't think I really realized that until recently, but I mean, like a lot of people that are writers, you know, I was like the editor of my high school newspaper for a while. Um, I, I just remember doing a lot of school assignments that, you know, they'd say, write one page and write one, two or three page short story. And Brad writes a 20 page short story. You know, it's just, uh, (laughs) I was the kind of person that didn't want to stop. So, um, yeah, it was always a cool way to express myself. And, um, you know, I was never very athletic, but, um, uh, it wasn't like I was getting validation on the sports field or anywhere (laughs) else. So it was always cool when, teachers would you know call my mom and say like brad wrote this thing in class it was just incredible today you know that was kind of how i got validation as a kid yeah he broke his arm on the football field but he wrote a (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, he's he's flattened right now yeah well i have to say you know like it's um 
I admire writers, but it's so far from my like ability. Um, yeah, that's interesting because I, I mean, I think you run a newspaper, a magazine, you know. Yeah, but it's all started because of doing photography, you know. Yeah. Um, so I'm always fascinated that people with people who want to write or even to edit or to proofread. I'm always shocked, you know, when people say like, "Oh, can I help edit?" I'm like, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah. But are you a crazy person? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be a good editor. I, I, it, it, my wife harasses me about this, about my book, cause I self published it and I didn't have an, I, I kind of had a little bit of help editing a few parts, but you can tell like the closer I got to the deadline when I wanted to finish it, it the sloppier it gets, you know, <laughs> there it's are free definitely form. some typos it's free and form. some contextual errors. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Oh, but, I thought you did um, it purposely as like a transition of the character. Uh, yeah, we can say that. That sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. So then, right? What do you? What's the different kind of muscle you have to flex then, and when you approach kind of like doing an interview, uh, of like a person for content versus a tech thing? What's kind of like the different things that you do to approach those? Well, I think um, curiosity is a really important part of all, all writing. Um, you know, when I interview somebody for content, you know, I'm really I'm really curious about things they say and I'm not afraid to follow up. If someone says something interesting, you know, you, you have to ask the follow up questions like, Oh, you know, if someone makes a, makes a joke about how they, you know, like they, well, I wouldn't want to do that. You know, you're like, Oh, why wouldn't you? What happens if you do that? You know, like, um, you just have to kind of understand, like kind of look for little nuances in people where they might be concealing something and, and not be afraid to dig in a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, in kind of writing in my day job, like corporate writing, it's sort of similar in that you have to find a story that other people might have missed. You know, it's um, um, you you have to, you know, if, if I were to take the most like the the most obvious way that I could pitch our product at which is a collaboration software, would be like, hey, write about how we're a great collaboration software. Of course, no journalist is going to do that. That's not their job. is not to It's not to market you. It's to tell a story. So yeah. you have to, you have to find uh, some interesting way to turn that into, into something new. You know, um, yeah. here's a customer that's using our product in an interesting way, or here's um, you know a problem in the world that people are solving using our software. So it's just uh, it's just a matter of how you can find a story that uh, you know again is easy to overlook. Yeah having this kind of real artistic side as far as like creative writing, poetry and music, and then working kind of like in a tech industry in Silicon Valley, how do you balance and what's kind of like the balance of that time wise, the balance of that emotionally and spiritually? <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good question. I think, um, I tend to be, I, I, I think of it as a, uh, the rising tide lifts all boats, you know, um, yeah. if I'm doing work that I'm really excited in at my job, I will come home and write a good song, you know, yeah. if, yeah. if, and if I'm writing a good song that I'm excited about, I'll probably go to work the next day and be more excited to do a good job. Yeah. Um, but sometimes as a writer, you go through lulls or, um, you know, if, if, if things are slow at work and I don't have a lot of projects going on, 
I my mind gets slow and then I won't write a lot of songs during that time. So yeah. I find counterintuitively when I'm expending the most energy at my day job and um, and kind of being the most creative there is when I also come home and be the most creative. So hmm, it's not it. Yeah, it's not necessarily of like, you know, it, it's like creative energy is not a finite resource. It's not like I use it all day and then I don't have any when I get home. It kind of keeps creating itself. That's really that's really awesome that you say that because, yeah, it is. It, you think it's kind of the opposite. And most people who are kind of juggling, you know, living in this area with a some sort of corporate job and then have a creative thing, they think, well, if I'm not so tired when I get home from work, then I'll be able to do it. But then they never do it because they're always exhausted from work yeah um, rather than probably throwing themselves into their creative expression probably would make their work a little bit more exciting vice versa so yeah that's kind of interesting i really love the phrase too that you said about creative energy is not a limited resource or something along those yeah. lines yeah yeah it's not a finite resource yeah mm, and it, yeah. it took me a long time to to figure that out i think um i think i used to be worried about the opposite being true you know um but I think I'm finally at a place where I see that, you know, if I'm really happy with how creative I'm being in one area, I'm automatically more creative in the others. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Then what's kind of your process for um, writing a song? What's kind of, how do you come about that? Is it, you know, more the words first, the the little hook or is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's usually starts with a little hook, like like I'll say a funny line and, um, and sometimes the thing that starts the song ends up not even being in the song to, to the, in the final end, but just a concept. Maybe like I just wrote this line the other day that made me laugh, and I was playing it on a guitar, and my wife was laughing. It was I'm the world's smallest pickle in the world's largest jar. <laughs> um, and I don't know why, but I just started strumming that and singing, and all these other lines kind of that built off that about the world's smallest pickle in the world's largest jar, you know, floating at the end of the bar. Um, something about being in my brine, you know, it just was really funny, but, um, like I'll probably never play that song on stage, but, um, it, it just, yeah, sometimes just that little, that little line about a pickle just turned into all these funny ideas. Um, yeah. but I typically, I typically write with the guitar in my lap. I kind of do the music and the lyrics at the same time. And I usually just, um, honestly, I just start strumming and singing and like 10% of what comes out of my mouth, I think is pretty good. And I write it down and, and keep singing it over and over until I have something to go with it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of it is kind of luck, I guess. Just luck and repetition. Yeah, or, or the discipline to do it, right, I guess? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I write zero songs when I'm not picking up my guitar at all, so... <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. If I, if I think... If I get frustrated because I haven't written any songs and I look back and I say, well, I haven't really been trying lately, so that's usually the problem. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. What's one... Uh, line in a song that you've kind of released and that you do that you really kind of like yeah you know what I think I really touched something here yeah that's a good question um I have a song I wrote uh a few years ago that I play out occasionally it's not on any albums but um it is the song's called uh be somebody and it's just like i don't know it's just about kind of wanting to be somebody new which i think we all kind of go through that frustration of like wanting to start over sometimes and the line is uh it's i've told some crazy stories i've spun a lot of tales 
I caught a couple minnows once and I turned them into whales. <laughs> I've told so many lies that I've lost track of what is true. Uh, I wish that I could be somebody, be somebody, be somebody new. Uh, oh, I don't know. Like that's, that's, cool. that's a line that my, my friend told me he really liked about, you know, just kind of being a bullshitter to the extent that you can't remember what's, what's the truth and what's not. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, like, I, I think you way. did that at, uh, I think you did that at the Art Boutique show. Probably, I remember, yeah. I remember that line. Which actually, you know, it, it made me think of this other thing with um, Bruce Springsteen. I used to really be a big Bruce Springsteen fan. Yeah. Um, he talks about like all these earlier songs that he was writing, and he never even uh, knew how to drive a car until he was like yeah. 25 or I just, <laughs> Yeah, I watched his Broadway special on Netflix. He told that. He said it was yeah. pretty funny how he's writing all these songs about street racing and he's like I've never driven a block <laughs> right exactly <laughs> he said yeah that's like, he was the greatest musician or yeah he's or like I've never been in, you know, I've written all these songs about blue collar life he's like I've never been in a factory floor in my life <laughs> right exactly <laughs> yeah. so it's kind of funny that yeah so it's kind of like telling a lot of tales you know yeah, yeah exactly that's kind of funny yeah that's cool with the current kind of like situation of uh, Corona and pandemic and all that kind of stuff, I don't want to harp on it too much, but what's some kind of things that have been challenging you during this time? Um, you know, I found that like uh, working from home is, I, I enjoy it. I live out in Boulder Creek, so we're out in the mountains. It's beautiful here. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not working from home. It's a hard time. It's uh, stopping working from home. Like that line between when do I turn off the computer and put it away? Yeah. Uh, it, it's kind of hard to find that, you know, I'm working till like five or, or you know, it's probably more like six or seven every night. Yeah. Um, and it's just hard to stop. So that's a challenge, but when it's time to stop working, you know, I have pets, I spend a lot of time like walking my dog and trying to get outside a little bit and, um, playing guitar at night. I'm certainly playing and writing. Um, I, for the first few weeks, I was just, I don't know if you're, if you're a Facebook friend of mine, but I just was publishing weird poems that I was just writing. And those are things that I just write really quickly and don't think about that much, but that sort of tempered off a little bit, which is good. (laughs) (laughs) It usually means I'm in a state of despair when I'm doing that frequently. So, um, (laughs) I am, uh, yeah, managed to calm that down, but yeah, just, uh, just trying to keep my mind busy and uh, am doing some songwriting, but I haven't really started anything that I've thought this is really great. Just just noodling around and trying to find some new stuff. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a, yeah. a kind of like a discipline where you try to pick up the guitar every day or every other day or something like that to kind of keep at it or? How do you do that? I, yeah, I had stopped. I really, for a while, hadn't been playing very much at all. And then the last, ever since we've been working from home, I have been playing every day. Yeah. And if not, um, sometimes it's just like everyone just like doing a few minutes of live streaming a day or recording a song and putting it online. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, it, you know, usually if I pick up a guitar, I, I don't really play finished songs. I'm starting to write new songs, whether I try to or not. So, yeah, that's been happening a little bit. Yeah. But again, not, nothing like it's not like I have anything that's almost done that I could, I could share with you. You could sing right now. One, two, <laughs> three, four. <laughs> um, Maybe someday. Yeah. What would you say? Kind of like is your uh, kind of like mission or calling or what do you kind of like? Your, what do you feel kind of like your sense of your own life story is? Oh man, I don't know the answer to that question. I think. Um, 
the fact if I was put here for any reason, it was probably to write. Uh, you know, I haven't really found that mainstream success as a writer where I'm being read by millions of people. Um, but that would be a, a certainly something that uh, would be nice. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's like I've become more and more at peace with the idea that I probably wasn't put on earth to be a musician because I have. I'm more of a writer. I'm more of a lyricist than a guitar player. I really can barely play guitar in a lot of respects. Um, so, yeah, probably, probably to be some kind of writer. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, on your music though, like your the album that you have like on Spotify, um, mm-hmm. it's really great production. And whoever is accompanying you is like, it's really so yeah. beautiful. So yeah, that's Kenny Schick. Who used to you know Kenny? Oh yeah, I do actually do. I used to work with yeah. Kenny. At a photo lab a bazillion yes, years does, ago. He does photography and stuff. Yeah, he's from the area. So he, yeah. uh, he and his wife moved to Nashville, Sabina, and um, but he still does a lot of. He still is a professional music producer, and he produced those tracks for me. So um, he's amazing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, that's just really just me showing up and singing. I wrote the songs, and he uh, he does the instrumentals, and he's really really talented. Well, did you kind of do your own? Like you just did your your vocal and your guitar, and then he took it and added the stuff to it. Uh, the guitars on that are him too. Yeah, the way it works with, with collaborating in Nashville, it's just much faster if he lays it all down. Wow. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I mean, I I have played guitar my own guitar on records, but it's not my strengths. If someone like him can do it much more effortlessly, yeah, uh, then I say let them. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> you know. Have you ever uh, have you ever heard of the Wrecking Crew? Uh, I've heard of them, but I'm not. Uh, that that was like the session group, right, from LA. Yeah, yeah, the guys that yeah. would play on like all like all the move the songs from probably late '50s and into the '60s and start of the '70s. Like it wasn't even the band's play. The band was on tour, and yeah. all the studio musicians were doing stuff. They were waiting for the band to come back to put the vocals on top and. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool yeah and then it kind of just, fall started falling away with the beatles and the, the stones yeah. started bringing a whole different kind of like no singer songwriter aspect and even do the recordings you know yeah um, totally i used to uh i i mean i just read this great book um called dylan and i think it's called dylan in nashville and it's about the same kind of group of guys that were on all these sessions, but they were uh, based out of Nashville, and they did Blonde on Blonde and a bunch of other records with Dylan. Huh. Um, but then, you know, they after they recorded with Dylan, everyone wanted them, so they did Simon and Garfunkel. They did, you know, so many of the hits from the late '60s and '70s were the same group of guys. Pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah. It's a really great book. It's cool, except for then at the same time. It kind of spoils a little bit of magic for me, Brad. <laughs> I kind so? of thought like well, you were, I thought you were sitting there in your Boulder Creek. I had this vision of when I listened to the songs of oh, you man. sitting in your living room in Boulder Creek with like this eight track <laughs> and your buddy's sitting around with some beers opened up and you guys are playing. I wish. <laughs> you know, I, I envy people with that talent to where like I've seen those videos of the Rolling Stones in the studio making songs up. You know, yeah, it takes a lot of money to do that. It takes a lot of talent to do that. Um, people that have Columbia Records paying for their studio sessions, God bless them, they can spend that time doing it. But yeah. when you're an independent artist and you got to fund it yourself and try to sound as, as best as you can, you can't sometimes got to bring in the pros. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, I used to, I used to be honestly, I used to be kind of embarrassed about it, but it's like. 
that's what everyone does these days, you yeah. know. <laughs> so then, yeah, I'm kind of curious about the process. Then do you basically sing it and play it and then send it yeah. over and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking, this is what it sounds like, this is the shape of it, and then... I'm just kind of mm-hmm. curious how it all works. Or do they send you? Yeah. Do they send you back a, a premix and then you sing over it, or are you fly out to Nashville? Yeah, you basically nailed it down the first time. So um, yeah, I recorded with Kenny. Um, I mean, he, I did this. I mean, I've even done this on my phone where I'll just record like scratch, what you call a scratch track. Yeah. Which is you say like, hey, this is what the song sounds like. Um, this and then I'll send him like some links to uh, other songs that I like. Um, okay songs that have instrumental arrangements that uh i think really jibe with the feel of the song yeah and then um i'll send it to kenny and he he builds out the structure he lays down the drums he um puts the bass and some of the guitars in and he'll usually send me like a rough a, a really early stage rough mix that still has my rough vocals in there and he'll say like what do you like about it what do you want to change so i'll send him some things that i want to change yeah um he'll start polishing it up and then um, you know, after a few, you know, after a few times emailing back and forth over the course of a week or two, you usually have a song that is, uh, pretty close to done. And then for the last album, I, yeah, for the last EP I released last year, I flew out to Nashville and did the vocals there. Oh, cool. I'm actually working on a few more songs with him where he, um, he had come back to the Bay Area to, I think, visit his mom and we, um, we recorded vocals while he was here. So yeah, that's cool. yeah it, it does take some of the magic away, but, um, it's, it's, it's efficient and it's cool to work with someone who I know likes my music and, uh, has a, a broad range. You know, Kenny is a, he's a, a great guitar player. He can play piano. He can play even horns. I think he's a saxophonist first yeah. and foremost. So, um, or maybe clarinet. So he really can do anything. He's really a whiz. If any, if any independent artists are listening, I recommend him really highly. Yeah. He used to be in like three different bands, like such diverse styles and stuff like that. Yeah. It was kind of, Oh yeah. He is, uh, he's been, he's, he grew up in, I mean, he's, I think he's in his fifties and he probably has been in bands in the Bay area since he was like 13 years old. So every so often he'll post on Facebook, like a photo of this was this band, and you can't believe how young he looks and it's yeah. <laughs> like uh, you yeah. know it looks like the Ramones in 1978 or whatever but it's pretty funny <laughs> yeah does he still have the super long hair yeah he does oh okay <laughs> that, that'll probably never go away yeah <laughs> I used to have long hair too though but look at me so <laughs> yeah so hey what's um what's something that you're kind of like looking forward to in the in the future coming up yeah, I'm looking forward to releasing these uh, singles that uh, Kenny's making for me. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, I am. See, I'm just looking forward to being able to leave the house without uh, sanitizing myself at this point. But who knows <laughs> when that'll be? Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I, I, I'm looking forward to uh, just more opportunities to write and um, uh, kind of explore some new some new forms. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. When's your singles or the, the those new songs coming out? Uh, I don't have to release it yet, but uh, they're pretty far along. Uh, I've actually just been emailing with Kenny for the last few days, so um, it could be within a month or two. Okay. And where yeah. can people find you, follow you, and experience your music? 
Yeah, they can find me on all the streaming services. It's Brad Sansenbacher. Uh, you can just uh, <laughs> get that spelling from Daniel. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm on Spotify, Amazon, SoundCloud, uh, not SoundCloud, uh, Bandcamp, YouTube. Yeah, all those places. You can make me a Facebook friend if you want. Follow me on Instagram. Yeah, cool. Awesome. I'm easy to, I'm easy to find. Yeah. That's cool. Want to be found. <laughs> want to be found. Want to be discovered. <laughs> That's another line in one of my upcoming songs that I love. Is uh, I saw a runaway priest in a hospital gown. He said, "I'm starting to think Jesus doesn't want to be found." That's a <laughs> uh, that's a very Brad Sensenbacher line that uh, we'll be hearing soon. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'll put that on repeat. <laughs> I'll make it my ringtone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Hey, last thing. What um, what advice would you give? to two different categories because, you know, you're creative. One would be if somebody's looking to be a writer, what would be a, a little tip of wisdom that you give them? And then one, someone wanted to be a singer-songwriter, what would you say? So those two different categories of your life, what would you, what's your advice for the, all of our young listeners? Uh, yeah, I mean, th- my biggest advice is, like, don't let people gatekeep what you want to do. You know, um, if you want to be a writer, don't think, well, I can't get published in this publication, so I shouldn't write, you know, put it on Facebook, put it anywhere, you know, if, and and you're going to keep getting better and better. So, um, just do it and don't let people tell you, you can't do it. Um, certainly not a traditional media editor because, you know, there's a reason those forms are dying off. No offense, Daniel, but (laughs) just not as close to, um, you know, a lot of a lot of those publications aren't as close to what how people are consuming media these days. So, um, you know, just do it. And as a singer songwriter, again, just go to open mics. Don't be afraid to get up there. Um, acknowledge that nobody was really happy with how they started when they started, uh, and probably still aren't now. So, don't think just because you're not the most polished, or even if you don't have a song that you've written that you're proud of, just just do it. You know, it's not. The, the worst case scenario is is that your life remains exactly the same yeah. and that's uh, <laughs> you know that's not a, that's not a hard fall a hard fall to uh, a hard fall to, to handle yeah I guess the worst thing is someone's gonna come to you and say hey keep at it <laughs> <laughs> exactly if someone says keep at it tell them to screw off you know? yeah. yeah cool awesome Brad well I appreciate your time thank you for being involved in content I really appreciate your writing your storytelling and everything like that. And I appreciate your music and your book too. So I'm looking forward to the next book. When's the next book coming out? That's a, <laughs> you know, I'm not working on anything right yeah. now, but I, I think I've never written anything really fiction. So maybe I want to do something fiction. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not really far along with anything, but um, yeah. I'll let you know. And thanks for the opportunities to write and be published and uh, tell stories of artists in the community. Yeah. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Okay. Yeah. Well, enjoy uh, your situation up there on the hill and yeah, hopefully too. be able Stay to see safe. you in person sometime soon i hope so too man take yeah. it easy thanks Bye. <laughs> this episode's music is from brad sanzabacher's two song ep the crack of dawn of time you can find him on spotify at brad sanzabacher and on instagram at brad sanzfolk was a little bit vague To why exactly I get tried at the Hague But 
Thanks for listening to my poem, friends.